conversations that matter to you. We need proper representation. Time for Fridays with Fry. With Russell Fry on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. Dr. A, little Frank Sinatra, Four Leaf Clover. I'm looking over a four leaf clover that I overlooked before. Well, thank you all for your requests for our unsponsored music Friday. It's time for. Yeah, we did it. He's ready. Oh, he's ready. Yeah. We all, we did it already? Yeah, we did it. And you squeezed in a yeah. thing? Yeah, you were busy doing this. <laughs> Nobody knows except me and you what I'm doing right now, and it's hilarious. <laughs> all right. Well, joining us right now live on the air is Congressman Russell Fry. Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all? Good, good. Um, we have had a very difficult week talking about the events that are happening in Israel and what's unfolded in the meantime. But also before that, we were talking about the Speaker of the House race. So um, first thing we want to ask you is uh, tell us your reasoning behind voting for Kevin McCarthy and where do you think we're headed now that uh, Steve Scalise has pulled out of the race? And uh, where do you think we are? So, Well, so uh, Kevin McCarthy was speaker. Um, I, I kind of look at the approach kind of given what's going on now, given what's going on in Israel. You know, there's never been a leader, a speaker, a committee chairman, a, a subcommittee chairman that I have ever served under that I agreed with 100% of the time. You don't change the coach in the middle of the game. Uh, but we are where we are. We're moving forward. Uh, I was from the beginning a Jim Jordan person. Uh, Jim Jordan, uh, we had a voting conference, which is, you know, the conference selects the nominee, if you will. Like, that's our Republican nominee for speaker. Uh, it was a close battle, but um, Scalise ended up winning that fight. And normally the practice is um, that you a majority of the majority support the majority of the majority. And so uh, Steve Scalise had won that, so Jim Jordan you know, was, was then backing Steve Scalise. Matt Gates was then backing Steve Scalise, like, let's go get it done. We need a speaker. Um, that didn't happen. So uh, Scalise is out. Uh, he is going to remain as majority leader uh, of the conference. Uh, he just stepped aside and said, look, you know, we can't get there. We can't get there. Let's go get a Republican speaker. So Chairman Jordan is, is uh, uh, going to take that bite at the apple today um, in conference to see if he can get to that magic number. Um, I think, I mean, personally, I think that he does so good and people trust him. Uh, and, you know, normally the Speaker of the House, no one likes, right? Like, it's just not a popular position. You have to take these weird votes. And, you know, I mean, you look back at throughout the history, like the speakers have not been real popular with bases of either party or just the American people in general. Um, but people trust Jim Jordan. And I think he's, I think he has a very unique way of, of telegraphing a message, talking real talk with the American people. Uh, and we haven't had that in a while. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a good opportunity to, to, to get the American people blowing wind in our sails so we can go back to work to do our job that we were elected to do. So that's kind of where my head's at this morning. All right. But um, I did hear because, you know, I listen to all types of news. Um, mm -hmm. I was listening to a lot of the lefty Lucy's out there talking about how uh, Jim Jordan is going to be an insult he, to the Constitution because and to democracy because he had texted with Mark Meadows during the January 6th um, events. 
in 2021. And also, you know, he's a friend of Trump's. He he appeared at a, a Stop the Steal rally. Um, do you think those arguments are going to be a, you know, a huge obstacle for Jim Jordan to overcome? Or do you think if he does, uh, you know, step into it fully that he will get approved? Yeah, I'm not really, you know, look, those, those arguments are from the left. I don't really think that they hold a lot of sway within the Congress. But, okay. um, so no Democrat is going to support a Jim Jordan. They're not going to support a Russell Fry for Speaker. They're not going to support a Kevin McCarthy for Speaker. They're just not going to support a Republican. They're going to support their own person. Um, so, you know, they could throw these things out there, but they're never going to vote for him anyway. Um, the question is, can he get to 270? So we, you've got, look, I, like yesterday with, with the Scalise thing, Jordan did what was right. And he said, look, I'm on, I'll nominate you, you know, like I'll get, you know, if you're the guy, majority of the conference wants you, you know, I'm with you. Um, obviously he didn't get there. So if Jim Jordan can get to 217 within the conference, that's the magic number. Mm-hmm. Then I think we roll the floor. If you get close, I think we roll the floor. Look, people want to see who, how you're voting, you know, to me, like, you know, if you, if you have some political angst about Jim Jordan or whatever grief, you know, grievance, whatever, uh, then openly talk about it, put it out there for the American people to see. I just think it's kind of silly. Uh, you know, look, let's get a speaker to me. And here's where I'm at, Liz, like because of the rules changes from January, this conference is not meant, is no longer like led top down. Like to me, who's in the chair doesn't really matter as much as what we're actually doing or not doing in this case. So because of the rules, because it's member led, because of all these things, that empowers us. It empowers conservatives. It empowers the American people. Um, you know, I had uh, dinner with um, Scott Perry last night. He's the chairman of the Freedom Caucus. And he was talking about how this place has, changed dramatically for the better because of the rules stuff that we've done. Mm -hmm. Now, we're still working some of that stuff through, and we've got to get back to regular order and get these appropriations bills done and everything else. He said, but we used to get rolled, Russell. He said, you know, a Speaker Boehner would drop a bill and just roll right over us, and, um, you know, there's nothing we could do. He would pick 40 Republicans and and all the Democrats, and they they wouldn't even come talk to us, his own party, about some of these things. And and this is kind of the interesting intrigue about Washington. He said, this place is hard to change, um, but it's, it's better now because of the rules that are in place than it's ever been. It's not perfect. And so look, I think we got to get a speaker. I think we need to go. uh, And I think it's important for our, for our allies, particularly what's going on in Israel right now, that we have that, you know, that leadership. I mean, the speaker of the house is third in line, second line for the, the presidency, mm-hmm. we need a speaker. You know, this is a really weird world right now. Um, and the House needs to start functioning uh, and, and continuing to do its work. So I'm going to support Jim Jordan. I hope he gets there. I'm going to argue for him. I'm going to whip for him. I'm going to do everything I can to get Jim Jordan uh, as speaker. Um, hopefully he can get to 217. Um, but we'll see. We're speaking with uh, Congressman Russell Fry. I'm watching um, pro-Hamas rallies erupt all over the world. 
tons of people are in the streets here locally um, in the United States, in universities. Uh, for me, I know they're trying to say they're pro-Palestine, but really they're pro-Hamas um, because that's why they're marching. And so these are a lot of this rise of terrorist uh, activity and support for it has come forward. Um, what is your statement on the events that have happened since uh, Saturday? Liz, great question, and a lot. Um, Liz, people, look, Palestine, Hamas isn't just some, like, random little group. In their body, in their governing body in Palestine, Hamas accounts for, I think, 46 47% of their elected officials. This isn't some, like, small little group, okay? And, and I think it's important for people to remember that. This, um, I had a, a call yesterday. Uh, I have a friend... He's Jewish. He's a younger guy, and and he just wanted to vent for a second. And he said, "I have never felt so isolated mm. than how I feel right now. Just watching uh, the things uh, take place there, watching the protests and, and demonstrations around the world, watching the anti-Semitism really come to the surface. Like it kind of was hidden for a while, but now it is full blown exposed." Um, I, I feel that like he, I mean, he just, he just felt like, you know, he said friends that I thought were friends. I'm seeing things that they post and I'm going, man, like, do you know, I'm, I'm Jewish, right? I mean, it just, um, it breaks my heart what is going on over there. Um, and it is so important. They've been a key ally forever. Uh, it is so important that we, um, you know, that we continue to not only stand with them, but show like, you know, I'm all about, you know, if you want to, if you want to have a, a statement that doesn't have any action, we stand with you. Okay. We, we do that, uh, but we need to back it up too. And uh, I think it's really important to, to, to keep this thing from growing into a broader conflict. Um, so you disagree think, with you know, Nikki Haley that we should go in there and destroy Hamas and we should engage Iran and, you know, Senator Lindsey Graham is uh, blowing his, you know, war horn again. I mean, I want to be very cautious. Like th this is where I differ with the the Nikki Haley's and the, the Lindsey Graham's on this issue. Is I, I think Israel needs to defend itself, and they and and we can certainly have a role in helping them. I mean, we already sell them weapons, right? We do that, um, but troops on the ground. I, I just I, I'm, you know, I, I want to be very careful with. Our words. I think leaders should be careful with their words. People pay attention, mm -hmm. and you don't want this broadening conflict that would engage our yeah. soldiers and our right. citizens and to suspect, you know, subject us to uh, activity here at home. Like, I, I, you know, you don't want to run scared, but I, I don't think it's time to be saber rattling uh, like some of these people are. I think that's a little bit. Well, I'm glad uh, you said much. that. I'm glad to hear that because that was our sentiments out of the gate this morning. Now, we have another, you know, worry today about the call for Global Day of Jihad um, by a former uh, Hamas leader in Qatar. And he is calling for all these lone wolf attacks to rise up, Muslims to rise up and do what they're supposed to do against the infidels. And that includes not only Jews, but Christians and nonbelievers. Okay. What, what, is there any information that you're getting um, from, you know, being in your position, have they informed anybody about? No, no not, not, I mean, I think the, the, uh, certainly in big cities, Washington included, um, New York, I, I saw yesterday, they activated all, you know, 
police officers. Um, just pay attention. We always need to. Um, what I fear, and this is why I'm so keen on the border, Liz, and we talked about this on your show, mm. is we don't know who these people are who have yeah. come in here. The ones that we've caught, we know that there are several thousand people from the Middle East. And it could be, you know, for any number of reasons, but I worry about the people that we don't know who yeah. they are. Yeah. Look, under Trump and Obama and even, you know, well before that, you might have had one or two or three <clears throat> a year of people on the terror watch list that were found at the border. Under this president, we've had 250. Mm-hmm. That's the that one we that we've got, 200, <laughs> 260. Yeah. We, yeah. That's the one that we know of. And mm-hmm. when you've got 1.5 million gotaways, just be careful. Everyone watch, you know, don't be fearful, but just pay attention to your surroundings. And, um, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. I'm seeing these videos in Europe. I'm seeing, you know, videos from all around the world of just different kinds of attacks, uh, if you will. Um, and yeah. just be careful and <clears throat> pay attention. And of course, if you see something, say something. Um, we had a question here about how do you feel about continuing funding the uh, Ukrainian um, efforts? <clears throat> well, I mean, I've been very clear with my votes on that. I mean, no more funding for Ukraine. I and mean, we've spent $100 billion plus uh, in the country. Um, that's been every single vote, every amendment vote. I mean, it, there's probably two dozen votes of mine that you can go point to right now. I've you know, there are, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but at the end of the day, um, people are kind of tired of, of looking at, you know, you look at the strategic objective, uh, you know, of Ukraine. Um, you, what, we don't know what that is. The administration hasn't telegraphed it. We don't have any transparency on the money that has been appropriated and spent. Um, you know, a higher degree of audit scrutiny would be well-placed. I think people want that. They demand it. Uh, so, uh, you know, certainly there are people up here. The administration wants to have a supplemental finance package, um, and they want for Israel, but they want to include Ukraine. And to me, it's it's separate, totally separate votes. Um, and you know, Israel should stand on its own, um, their own package. If we're going to do that, Ukraine should stand on its own with their own package. It doesn't need to be commingled so that you jam us like if that we you know somehow want to help Israel defend itself and sell them weapons <clears throat> or whatever so that they could defend themselves, somehow we're like having to, you know, you see what I'm saying, where you pair the two together? It just mm-hmm. makes no sense to me to do that. And I think most of the conference, maybe not all, but most of the conference sees it that way too. We're speaking with Congressman Russell Fry. I just wanted to go back because I forgot to ask this question about uh, the border. You know, we were having a discussion and about what should be done now about the border. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you have heard of any good solutions. Let's say we wave a magic wand and we have uh, a, a Republican, a good Republican, a real Republican in the White House, and we need to solve a problem now. Um, there has been sentiment on our Showtime Autoglass text line that we should just round these people up and put them on a train and plane and bus and send them back to where they came from. I don't know if that's possible. I don't think it's going to be a good look. But do we have another? Do we have any solutions on the table about this problem? I mean, I know first well, we got to close the border, but I mean, right. once that's done, 
what's the solution? We have people getting driver's licenses. They're already able to vote for state and local elections in some states. Um, they're they're taxing the schools and, and the, the local taxpayers and the social services that are being offered because they're coming poor. They're coming unskilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're mm-hmm. illegal. They're not paying taxes. What what are we going to do here? Is there a solution? Look, if you're not legal and you're not a citizen and you don't have status as a green card holder or what a you know, J one student or whatever, you need to go back. Um, I think the, to your point, the first thing that if you look at HR two, which is the bill that the House has passed on the border, it is the most conservative border bill ever passed, um, and it really does a good job of, of kind of telegraphing policy things that can be done. One, you got to fix this asylum process that this administration has completely bastardized. I mean, we talk about people not following the law. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are totally complicit in that where they say, oh, you know, you just large groups of people for asylum. Uh, you've got to fix the parole process. Parole is this weird kind of catch-all card. Like if you're playing Uno, it's, it's like your, your magic card. Where the secretary, a secretary of Homeland Security can say, you don't really fit into this neat little box. Um, so we're going to grant you on a case-by-case basis, we're going to give you, uh, that's the legal standard, we're going to give you parole into the country. This administration has used it for entire groups of people. Like, we're going to take 30,000 Venezuelans under this. I mean, it's never right. been done before. Um, you got to secure the border. you got to prop up the Border Patrol. you got to fund the Border Patrol and hire more agents. I mean, they're down uh, right now in their numbers, and, and I'm not surprised why. Um, they're there to protect the border, protect the homeland, and you know they're being they're being completely neutered in, in what they've always done. They're processing people now as opposed to you know protecting the border. Um, that's this administration. So you got to finish the wall. You've got to beef up the security. You've got to hire more people on the border. Um, you reform these internal processes. Get rid of this the way that these bureaucrats have completely changed the law. And you got to hold them to account. This town is so, in my, my lesson in the nine months that I've been here, is people don't ever, we fund agencies mm-hmm. without actually telling them what they should be doing, uh, what, what they can and can't do with that money. And we're so, like, in the state house, this would not happen. Like, these agencies would be reined in uh, when, they, when they overstep their bounds. We have to do that here. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think HR2 is a great first step. Um, you know, we're, me and others, we're pushing as hard as we can to get it done. I think the American people are with us on this. I mean, this is, I mean, when you've got Democrat mayors, Democrat governors talking uh, negatively about this administration and this president's policies, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a drain. They can't hide I mean, it. They can't hide it anymore. But, so now it's having a detrimental effect. They have to say something because... Their elections are on. And I think Mayor Adams is running for president. I really do, because of what, what he's trying to do. Um, I Just really quick, before we let you go, because we only have a minute left here, Congressman Russell Fry, um, I saw that you were posting about um, the um, emails regarding Hunter Biden. I mean, everybody pretty much forgot about this Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Jim Biden thing. Where yep. is that whole inquiry at in this you know, lack of Speaker of the House being having a solution, the Israeli war against, uh, you know, yeah. Hamas. Where are we? Yeah, but so this, so the emails, America First Legal, um, great group. Uh, 
they had a lawsuit, uh, and they sued um, the National Archives. Um, and they were able to get, they don't have the emails themselves, but they were able to get the number of emails. And you have close to 30,000 emails between the federal government, uh, federal government, you know, on their servers, and Hunter Biden, Jim Biden, uh, Rosemont Seneca, uh, which was one of the Biden companies. Um, I think that was a big win. And, and you know, the, the talking narrative, the of course, the ever-evolving talking narrative from the left is, uh, the newest one is, oh, they just talked about the weather. Well, I'm sure that there are not 30,000 emails talking about the weather. Uh, so it was a big win. Uh, but to your point, Liz, let's get a speaker, let's stand with Israel, and let's get these investigations back going. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I am sickened by watching these uh, pro-terrorist rallies in Yemen. Thousands and thousands of people, Russell. Wait till you see these pictures. I don't know if you've seen them, but Mm. it is. It just sends shudders down my spine. So be safe in D.C. or wherever you are. Uh, We appreciate you and thank you for calling in. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. And have a wonderful Friday. Be safe and uh, have a good weekend. Yes, you too. Thanks for listening to the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers.